Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. I said, this is what I told her. Would you be okay with 12? Trying to make sure we can eat something before so my prego co-host doesn't start feeling woozy. (laughs) Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. How are you today? Wonderful. This is episode 75. What a year it has been. Such a year. In fact, this airs January 11th. Okay. So welcome 2021. Beautiful year. It's amazing. This year is the best. <laughs> Have you seen this, the thing that says, nobody claimed 2021 as their year? Yes. We are going into this quietly. Yes. Nobody make any sudden movements. <laughs> Cautiously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For yeah. sure. But today we are going to cover the 2020 buyer-seller report that NAR puts out out and I'm going to give some overview of it, but they send an email. Do you get the NAR emails? I know your email is squeaky clean. I do get them um, because I do feel like, so NAR is the National Association of Realtors. Yes, for our non-realtor listeners. for our non-realtor listeners, but I do feel like their content is pretty good. Well, and it's super well-researched. Yes. So they're not just making up some stuff. These are legit statistics. And they are constantly sending the email to ask, me to take a survey. Do you get those? Yeah. And I, I usually I do. I typically try to do them right. But they're not I long. Want, no, they're not long. And I want the data to be accurate. So right. the thing is, they put this buyer-seller report out at the end of every year. But typically, I believe you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe I wouldn't even want to say. But this year when they sent me the email about it, it was free. That's awesome. So I was like, oh, let me quick download this. <laughs> and then a funny side note, we were going to record this episode last time. And, you know, in our typical fashion, we went to do a quick um you know, research before the show. And we were like, wait, it's 180 pages. Yeah. It was, it's a full on book with chapters. It's a lot. Lots of charts. I like charts. I like charts too. And I thought that's what the whole thing was going to be. Just like a bunch of charts and we could pick out some data. Point being, we have now taken the time to (laughs) read some portion of not all 180 pages. This was, but, but we've got some info now. And I feel like I was more interested in it this year because 2020 was such a weird year. Strange, yes. That I'm like, and it was my record year. Right. So I'm like, okay, weird year, but business was good. Right. Tell us well, why. Tell us why. This report will tell you why. And I think this report is good for consumers, like people who own their home or buyers, just to understand like what's going on in the market. And we're going to cover lots of that stuff. Um, the important thing is that these numbers and stats are based on information collected from July of 2019 through June of 2020. Okay. Okay. So obviously the report is so thorough, it takes a lot of time to put it together. Mm -hmm. It's not like these are stats through December, 2020. It's they go, the report goes from July to June. It was first done in 1981 
and it had 59 questions. Oh my god! So they asked consumers questions, right? Yeah. Um, in 2020, the, the the questionnaire was 131 questions. Wow. 131 questions. So y'all, that's why it's so long. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> just a research. A lot of data here. Um, the report is typically used by realtors, market analysis, and policymakers. Okay. So, I mean, everyone's go, you know, using this data to help them figure stuff out. Okay, and the actual 180-page report is divided into 10 chapters. It is basically a book, and I am going to read to you what the chapters are. Okay. Okay, and then we'll dive into some stats. Chapter one, characteristics of home buyers. Chapter two, characteristics of homes purchased. So actual info about the house. Um, Chapter three, the home search process. Chapter four, home buying and real estate professionals. Chapter five, financing the home purchase. Chapter six, home sellers and their selling experience. Chapter seven, home selling and the real estate professionals. So we get stats on buyers and realtors and then stats on sellers and realtors. Perfect. Chapter eight is for sale by owner sellers. Okay. There's an entire chapter of data. Chapter nine, home buyers. This is special this year. Chapter nine is home buyers before and during COVID. Hmm. And chapter 10 is home sellers before and during COVID. So there is a wealth of interesting information. Okay. Do you want me to just read you some stats? Yeah. Okay. So here's the good news, people. If you happen to get this 180-page report on pages (laughs) seven through nine, there is a delightful overview of some of the most interesting stats. And I am going to read them out and get Alyssa's thoughts on them. I'm ready. Can't wait. Okay. First-time buyers made up 31% of all home buyers, which is a dip from last year's 33%. And the norm is 40%. Huh. So we're low in the first-time buyer department. It's the lowest since 1987. I feel like a lot of that might have to do with just job security, mm-hmm. people not feeling certain about yes. with, where they're going. And they actually do tell us some reasoning behind what's going on there. And a lot of it was also rising rents and mm-hmm. um, student loan debt because they weren't having the ability to save up any amount of a down payment. Right. Not even just trying to get a 20% down payment. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. The highest that it has ever been, the first time buyer percentage was 50% in 2010. Do you remember, were you, did you have your license in 2010? No, I started 2011. Okay. So you missed it. In 2010, they had that first time buyer tax credit mm. and you literally got $8,000. To you, cash money. Given to you. If you bought a house before a certain date and were a first-time buyer. Wow. And it sure did spark both because they were trying to, I think, help the real estate market. Um, So, yeah, 50% in 2010. Hmm. That's wild. So, last year was 33. This year's 31. It's kind of interesting, too, because... In 2011 and 12 and 13, I feel like that my primary business was first-time homebuyers. Yeah. I mean, I was also a new agent. So is it because I'm a new agent and I right. was that age group and that's just what I was working? Because I was actually thinking about it the other day. And sure, I still work with a lot of first-time homebuyers, but it's nothing the piece of the pie of my business that it like used to be. Like it was before. Be. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of... 
Well, the report me? says they're just less in general. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which makes me feel a little better. Yeah. You know? not, but that is, again, we've talked many times about the natural progression of a real estate career. And right. First time buyers are going to be what you do in the beginning, especially depending on your age range. If you're you're going to work with people who are in your sphere that are similar to you, most likely. So mm-hmm. if you're a young, new realtor, you're going to work with young, new first-time buyers. Uh, okay, I like that one. Now, here's a really good one on buyers. Okay, 62% uh, were married. 19% were single females. Mm. 19% of buyers, regardless of if they were first-time, were single females. were single males and 9% were unmarried couples. But I was like, you go single ladies. Yes. And I have lots of single lady clients. And you know what happens? What? They buy because they're like, I have no prospects. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what goes down after this. And then six months later, they're engaged. And and they're like, like, well, that was a surprise. And we both have a house. And (laughs) and we both have a house. And we need to sell both of our houses. And we want to buy a bigger one. I love that. It's so funny, It really seems to happen But you know what's interesting? I I mean, look, and I'm just speculating. But I wonder what it is that makes single ladies like, I'm just going to buy a house. Like, I don't need... I don't need anybody. I just think they're more, sorry, dudes. I just think they're more stable. Yeah. They're like, I have a job. I know how to budget. I'm right. like, I'm ready to like settle it down. And I feel like the women, like they want to paint. Yes. And decorate. It's and the make, DIY in them. Yeah. Like, how, I need a Pinterest project. Right. I love that. Yeah. But you can't do that if you're renting. No. You don't want to invest no, no, no. there. You sure can't. Although that's not any of the reasons <laughs> no. on the chart. Well, tell me the reasons why people buy. <laughs> it said the primary reason people bought a home was the desire to own their own home. Yes. Which I guess could fall under, I want to uh-huh. own it so I can make changes. Fair. I think that's the same. The second highest reason was they just wanted more space. Yes. The third highest reason was to be closer to family or friends. Uh-huh. Now, the lowest reason people bought a home was for better weather conditions. Oh. Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out of this winter. Um, And then the second highest, re- lowest reason okay. people bought is because they want a better life for their pet. <laughs> Whoa. What? I'm not going to lie. When we bought our house. You were like, how can I get a better life for the dogs? Yes. Oh, they were amazing. a big factor in the size in the yard you got. And like, is there a room for them? <laughs> so we, yeah. You, you apply to this. I do. I do. I was one of these people. That's that amazing. If there wasn't a place for them, I was like, well, this house probably may not work so good. Well, right. And that's part of your daily life. And people are like, that's because you hadn't had kids yet. I'm like, oh, no. Haven was with us the right. second house. Right, when we bought this house. The first house, we didn't have Haven, and we thought about the dogs a lot. And then the second house, we did have Haven, and my primary question was... Where do these dogs where go? Where do the dogs go? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And they have their own little room. They do have their own room. Yeah. The room under the stairs. Yeah, it's a good dog room. Recently funny? renovated DIY. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Okay, so... Right. And, and I had the percentages. It was 27% is the pri- the primary reason was the desire to own their own home. Okay. And then it said for first time buyers, this number jumps to 64%. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, why am I buying? Well, I want to own something of my own. I yes. don't want to pay someone else's mortgage, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know in our market, it is cheaper to buy than to rent. Yeah. So what would be stopping you? Right. Unless you were feeling like you weren't going to stay in a location 
very long. I think that's the only thing that would keep me from buying. Okay. If I was a single person, just being able to. Yeah. Be free. Yes. You want to move. Okay. Well, this is really interesting. Home tenure in this report. So the length of time someone stayed in their home. Yeah. Was at 10 years. So the people had been in their home 10 years. Historically, it's six to seven years. So this year, the people who sold had been in their house longer than in previous years. Interesting. Yes. So, I, you know, I think that's if you're not wanting to be stable, you probably wouldn't buy. It said that I think part of the reasoning for this, and I'll have to find it in my stats again, was that. Because inventory has been so low, people yes. didn't have anywhere to go. Right. Right. So like, I don't want to sell my house. I'm going to sit on it a little longer. And then that way I'll have somewhere to go. I went on a few listing appointments where they called me because they're like, I hear I can get more for my house. But yeah. guess what? If you sell your house for top dollar, mm-hmm. you're paying top dollar. For what you buy. For where you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So here are some characteristics of the homes, the type of homes that were purchased. <laughs> Okay, 15, 15% of buyers purchased a new home, so new construction. 85% purchased previously owned. Okay. You feel like that's a, how your split is in your business? I think so. Okay. I like it. Um, okay. And then, of course, you know, they, and I don't have a stat number on this, but they do always say that the number numbers of new construction are what impact inventory the most. Mm-hmm. So when builders are not building quickly, or, or just choosing not to build at all, that's when the inventory gets real off and then the market skews to seller mm-hmm. because there's not anything to buy. Right. Okay. Um, detached, detached single family homes continue to be the most common home type for recent buyers at 81%. Yes. And I would say mine, it's in our market, I very rarely am selling a condo or a townhome. I would agree with that. Okay, very occasionally. That is just not. No, you, they're going to get a detached home. Yeah. Well, they need room for their dog. Right. <laughs> Better <laughs> life for my pet. We need dogs. Um, okay. Home prices increased slightly this year to a median of 272.5 among all buyers. Here is a, this one is huge, y'all. Buyers typically purchase their homes for 99% of the asking price. I believe it. Right? Yeah. Right. Unless you're just grossly overpriced. Right. So this stat actually comes up in the seller section as well. And it's the same. Sellers sold for 99% of list price. So you guys, when your buyers come to you and they're like, I'd like to offer, you know, (laughs) 5% under list price. You can tell them that's not what the market says is happening. You yeah. have a, a single percent to negotiate if you're lucky. I mean, that's wild. Also, I did for, for all of you, because a lot of these stats are going to tell us the median. Do you, I'm not even going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I always have to go, okay, why are they using the median and not the average? Remind me what the median is. Right. Because average is called mean, right? So what is... Um, the median gives a better representation of the central tendency than the average. So that's it, the one that occurs the most. Right, exactly. So it removes the outliers. Okay, so like yeah. the huge high dollar homes and the, the lower, it's going to find the center, right, the most frequently occurring. So that's how they get the 272. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to put that back out there. <laughs> the typical home that was recently purchased was 
I want you to guess the square footage, the typical home purchased in this report. It's going to tell us square feet, bedrooms, baths, and the year it was built. Give me a guess. Give me your best guess. 1650 living area. Okay. What else? Bedrooms? Three, two. Okay. You want to pick an age? There's a number. Less than five years old. No. 1900 square feet. What? Three bedroom, two bath, and okay. was built in 1993. Wow. Now, I don't know if that's an average or a mean, because it doesn't tell me, or a median. But that's hilarious. Yeah. 1993. I mean, so that's 20, over 20 years old. That's very weird. Okay. Overall, buyers expected to live in their homes for a median of 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Girl, you better be staying in it a long time to get these repeats. <sighs> And while 21% that they, you're going to die. 21% said that they were never moving. I'm never moving this again. This is my forever home. And you don't want to get me started on the term forever home. I know. Because it's so not really a thing. Mm-mm. But but 21% of people who bought this year thought, I'm never going to leave. Yeah. I'm never going to leave. I can't figure out what I would do. Like where I would live. So right now my house is five years old and we have a big yard. Right. That was like a unicorn. Right. What I have, I feel doesn't really exist. Exist. Without you building it. Right. Yes. Like we were kind of a unique situation with our house where the builder built it for himself. Right. Thinking he was going to be there a long time. And then he... And then three acres came Uh, up. He wanted more space. Yes. This three acres came up that he couldn't pass up. And Uh, so he built my house that I live in there. Got it. Oh, again, he just rebuilt the same thing. And it's so, it's so funny because. Stop. It's the same house. Yeah. Except he painted the brick white. Oh. And it was kind of nice because I was, you know, you wonder like, should I paint my brick? What does it look like? Yeah. I, and it looks very nice, but, but it, it made me go, I like my brick. I kind of like my brick. Love it. You know? I think that's amazing. But I feel like the combination of new yes, plus outside storage and outside space. is hard. That doesn't exist. No, you have to build it. You have to build it. Yeah. But, so you think you'll stay there forever? And I, I do. <laughs> my husband is always looking, and I don't know why, because I said, you're never going to find something with a workshop like you have here. No. N- never. No. So what you're looking for, we have Right. Here. Just stay here. Right. So I don't know why he looks, but... I don't think because you get you get that out of your system while you're at work. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he needs to see what's out there. But it's like I feel like I'm not quite made for an old home. Yes, that's okay. been renovated. Okay, after living, yeah. In a I, new I guess home. you know I've only flipped two houses. Right. But even after they were renovated, I just kind of felt like you're like this still isn't. It still new. doesn't feel new. Yeah. What do you feel like your style? You like new. Y'all new. Built. I mean, I've built twice. Uh, not only did I build twice, my very first time when I was a first time buyer was new construction. So I don't want anyone to have used my toilets before. <laughs> You're that <laughs> that's person. Not, that's not really the rule, but because I know construction workers, I'm no dummy. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I don't know how, well, then the first time buyer I bought new because I'm like, well, I don't have a lot of extra money to take care of something. Were you so, single? Um, no, we were together. We were an unmarried. We were in the unmarried percentage of people who buy. So you bought and y'all, y'all we lived were together. in the house. Okay. We lived in the house together. Yes. Uh, in fact, we lived in there several couple of years before we got married. Um, but it had a really big yard. In fact, our 
following two houses had smaller yards than that house. But our houses were bigger and the yards were enough. Like you learn. That's the thing. With every house you live in, you learn. What do I need? What do I not need? Like how do I need to make these changes? And when when we built our first house, so I lived in that house for five years. Then we built. On the two-year anniversary-ish of us building that house, and it was my dream house. Jay came on a pretty good-sized lot. Yeah, I was on a good... Actually, that lot was probably pretty similar to my first one. Yeah, in Maplewood. Jay came and he said, hey... Do you, I think we should move and build again because that in, you know, in a investing perspective, that makes sense. You sure. stay for two years, you, you move. avoid your capital gains taxes, you move and you build again and then you make the money that way. So I'm like, no, this is my dream home. What are you thinking? I can't even believe you would suggest that. <laughs> and I literally walked from the kitchen to my bathroom and I looked down and I thought, I have always hated this tile. And I was like, Yes. Let's move. Let's do that. So I can get new floors. So I can get new things. I want to I wanna redo it. I want to redo. Yeah. So we did a redo, but now that's been six years because, and we, and when we did the redo, we're like, we'll stay two and do this again. And it'll be our investment, you know, situation. And that's when y'all no, build here. My, but my neighbors are too good. And now I'm like, I can't leave. Well, I feel even though you're in a neighborhood yeah. and you have a smaller yard, y'all have found a way to make little gardens and have your little chickens. Well, yeah, and I have a horse barn behind me. a horse me. barn. Yeah. It, it's a whole thing. This, you have kind of a sweet setup here. Yeah. That you can't find that. It's like a neighborhood in the country. Yes. It is funny. And, and only like, you know, eight minutes to the interstate. I kind of it's, feel like both of us are in situations where... What we live in now, you can't really find. There's not a way to search for it specifically. Oh, no. You know? No. I mean, I wake up in the morning and watch the sunrise over a horse barn that I don't have to take care of. I mean, like, no. Okay. Moving right along. Maybe we we are both in our forever home. We might be. Uh, It's possible. Okay. The home search process. Okay. 91% of recent buyers found their real estate agent to be very or somewhat useful information <laughs> or somewhat useful. Good news. 91% of you are giving decent information. You were somewhat useful this year. <laughs> I thought that's so funny. Um, buyers typically searched for eight weeks and looked at a median of nine homes and viewed five of these homes online only. So those agents only had to get out on four showings this year. That's amazing. That's pretty good. Um, Now buyers, so this, it was eight weeks now, um, down from 10 weeks last year. So it used to take 10 weeks to search. Now we're down to eight. Hello friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far I've used a handful and received positive feedback like this is so professional or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com.
slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna it's love gonna it. change your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy friends. the template yes enjoy so yesterday okay i had a phone call and it was um and a guy who's looking to buy, he's very analytical. Okay. He was referred to me by someone and he said, I just want to let you know. I, first of all, I jumped into, awesome, let's do this. Do you have a lender? Do, I'm trying to. Yeah. He, he said, what, do you mind if I interview you? <laughs> you were like, and I went, Fine. oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not used to buyers necessarily. I have had buyers interview interviewing. me before. Yeah. Like I twice. Thought, and I was like, what? Okay. And he was a referral from someone else. So I just thought, okay, Usually great. that's a done deal. Yeah, I don't right. And one of his questions was, oh, God. how are you going to help me find my house when the market is so competitive right now? Like, what is your edge? Oh, my word. What did you tell him? I told him that... Our company still has sales meetings on Wednesdays where right. at the end we do buyer needs and upcoming listings yes. so we can kind of see what's coming up. And I talked about like our local networking groups online. If you're yeah. having trouble finding something, being able to say, hey, I'm showing right. houses Saturday. Does anybody have something I can show that? Yeah. And he was very impressed by that. He was like, well, at least you had an answer. Yeah, and but it it really made me go, these are the things that are important to buyers right now. Yeah. Well, they're like, they know how to, this is what I am tired of hearing agents say and be worried about. Oh, I'm upset about Zillow. And I, you know, you're not the gatekeeper to information. Right. But you should be able to give advice and do what you just said. How are you going to be able to find him a home that isn't on the market? Yeah. That Zillow we, didn't show him. Like, yeah. what, are, what is going to be the plan? And really, I think that a lot of times agents don't realize simply telling, simp that's when networking is important in your market. Mm -hmm. That that is the only reason why networking is truly truly important. Now I could go to the agents in my office and be like, "Hey, I've got this buyer looking for this. Are mm -hmm. you listing this soon? Do you know anyone who you've sold this to that maybe would sell?" Right. I mean, like you could go that route. So I think that's interesting. He was an IT guy. Okay. And he said, "I'm also going to be honest with you that I don't I don't really like to like talk on the phone." Okay. And I said, okay, fine. that's fine. You're like, this will be our one time. <laughs> I said, well, email is my love language. And he goes, I, I actually saw that in your email signature and really liked that. Oh, he was into it. And I said, oh, good. I said, well, we can just become pit pals via email. It's fine. And that would be just fine with me. You were like, wait till you see all these templates, sir. <laughs> you just wait. I'm your girl. I'm your girl. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but he said, you know, how can you help me? to where I don't have to get out that much. Yeah. Oh. And I said, you know, I can go do a video mm -hmm. of a house yeah. for you. Um, and he mentioned, you know, he watches all the virtual tours and Good. knows what he likes and doesn't like. And he said, you know, I don't really want to go see a bunch of a houses. bunch of houses. Great. He can see four. And I said, sir, I, I think we're soulmates. Like, <laughs> uh, we are just becoming every time you open your mouth. I'm like, yes, you're my ideal wonderful. buyer. Yes. And I said, I'm did just, he hire you? He's letting everyone know today oh my god i'm gonna say but i hope prayer. so i know i'm like you're we're, we're like we're a match other. made in heaven we are oh, but wow. but another speaking of just being helpful i told him i said look a lot of times a buyer will send a realtor 10 houses and the agent we refer to them as pop-tart agents they will jump up and show them all yeah come to find out 
Five of them are in horrible flood zones. Right. This one has foundation issues. This one has this. This one was not where right. you wanted to be. I said, I pride myself on doing research ahead of time. So that you're not going to see all the houses. So that we don't have to do all that. Yeah. I'll make notes and color code them by which ones I think are good, medium, yeah. and nose. And yes. check with the agents before showings. But it goes back to we need to be helpful. Right. We are not just door openers. No. Being but helpful is your function. But it makes me happy that 91% of them thought that we were. At least somewhat. So the 9% of you that are not helpful. <laughs> start start uh, whipping yourself there into shape. There are some ideas for you. Yes. I think that's good. Okay. The share of home buyers who use the internet to search for a home increased to an all-time high. Do you want to guess the percentage? Um, okay, I'll give you a hint. What was it? Previously, and I don't know last year's, but it's been over 90% for years. And it's increased? Increased. The share of home buyers who use the internet to search for a home increased to an all-time high of... 98. 97%. Y'all, well, how do this, you really search without the internet? No, you cannot. And and that's what I wanted to say. This is what I use this stat in my listing appointments all of the time. When I say your home being staged and professionally photographed is not a maybe that would be nice. It is a must do because 97% of buyers are searching online. Mm. They're not coming to an open house to find your, your house. They are searching online. Wow. And that's re- why you need professional photos. And when you use a stat like that in a listing appointment, not only do you sound like you have some sort of research to back up what you're saying, you tell them why, well, okay, this is the stat and this is what I do because of that. Right. This is why. I think that's really important. Okay. The home buying and real estate professionals. Are you ready to hear about the real estate professionals? Okay. That's us, right? That's us. Okay. 88% of buyers recently purchased their home through a real estate agent or broker. Great. And 6% purchased directly from a builder or builder's agent. Okay. Okay. So remember your good old fashioned buyer rules. Right. If you want to save those 6% that went straight to the builder, you got to give them the rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think 88% of buyers using an agent, they see value in having someone represent them. Yeah. So that's good. 40% of buyers used an agent that was referred to them by a friend, neighbor, or relative. Lovely. Okay. And 13% used an agent that they had worked with in the past to buy or sell a home. That's so, low to me. Well, that, well so I basically it's saying that repeats. 53% of buyers were repeat referral. Okay. So... I know a lot of people are always pounding the pavement and cold calling and worried about doing all these things to get leads, but 53% of all buyers chose their agent by, they were either repeat or referral. Yeah. So you, this is when you got to love your database. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Okay. 73% of buyers interviewed, inter, oh, here goes with your interviewers. 73% of buyers interviewed only one agent. Okay. It, it's whoever they found. So he was in the 27% that... That actually interviewed more than one agent. Yeah. For sure. As a buyer. Exactly. 91% of buyers would use their agent again or recommend them to others. That's the same 91 who said we were somebody who said we had good <laughs> they information. Were good. We would refer them. Fine. We will, we will work with you again. Um, so I think that's good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. It means you didn't make them too mad. Okay, 
Here's the only stat I, I wanted to bring out about the financing the home purchase. Of buyers who said saving for a down payment was difficult, this is what we were talking about earlier, 47% of buyers reported that student loans made saving for down payment difficult. Ugh. 43% cited high rent slash mortgage and 36% cited credit card debt, also making savings. So those were the three things that kept them from saving, saving a more. down payment to move. Yeah. So, I mean, 47% of buyers said that, and the student loan thing is really like a big topic oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. And that's why, that's part of why our first time buyer percentage has gone down so much. I would agree with that. It's, it's so bad. I don't, I don't really have, I'm not going to go off on my student loan tangent, but that is the reasoning. Okay. Now we're moving on to the home sellers and their selling experience. Oh, good. Okay, great. Um, well, here's an interesting stat. The typical home seller was 56 years old with a median household income of $107,000. Okay. Okay. And you guys, in this report, it literally tells you so much demographic information. Mm -hmm. I am not highlighting any of that because I don't know how relevant that really, like so broad. It's, it's a lot, but yeah. they really break it down super, like they break it down by regions too, like North, South, yeah. East, West. Like they really get broken down. Okay. For all sellers, the most commonly cited reason for selling their home was, oh, did you read this already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you remember? It was the desire to move closer to friends and family <laughs> at 15%. That it was too small, so their house was too small, was 14%. And a change in family situation. You know, they got engaged and they mm -hmm. had to sell one of those houses. Um, it was 12%. I have found even older couples are not downsizing necessarily. Yes. Like they're wanting more space for their grandkids. Oh, yeah. They want a small yard yes. and a big house. Yeah, like a big single story. Every time I have had a seller come to me and say, we need to downsize. I, I mean, I almost think 100% of them have been on a large piece of property or a very large lot that required a lot of mowing. And they were like, well, we really want the same size house. We just don't want a yard. Yeah. Especially in the summer. Because mm -hmm. that's a lot. It's hot here. Nobody nobody wants to take care of the... They're not using it. Right. So I think that that's interesting. Okay. Um, now, again, sellers typically lived in their home for 10 years before selling. Okay. I just can't believe that that number has gone up. I know. Well, I think moving is not fun. It's, that's true. Selling is not fun. No, I tell work. my sellers all the time, especially when they're buying and selling at the same time. Buying is really exciting. Yeah. Selling is nerve wracking. Your house has to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's like having a party at your house every day. Every day. It has to be ready. That you have to be ready for before you head out the door to work. Yes. Just in case. I, you know what? Honestly, though, think about this. I bet this year has been a little bit easy, easier and harder in some ways. A lot of people are working from home now, so it's hard because you got to get out of the house for showing that it's easier to get it ready because I didn't have to have it prepped and ready when I rolled out the door at 730 to go to work. You right. Know, I'm still there. I can do it whenever. But also, sometimes your kids are there yeah. so doing their school from home, and that's a problem. I feel like you just get comfortable. Yeah. And the years just 
pass. They do pass. Well, so oh, they- because once you're in a house and you own it, you've already satisfied the, I want to own something of my own, mm-hmm. right? So check that box off. And then it's like moving, as long as you're still like going to live in the same city, is really optional. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to move for any reason. Yeah. I mean, unless you change a job or, you know, need to take in a maybe an elderly parent or have a baby or like something has to change, right? Mm-hmm. If your situation's the same, you don't so really have to So the move. majority of people moved for a better location. Uh, right. To be closer. To friends or family. One of the charts that I found was interesting was the top reasons people compromised on their location. What was it? So the top reason was the price. Okay. Like, well, this isn't where I wanted to be. But I can get more. But look at this price. Mm-hmm. The second reason was the condition. Yeah. And I just had a buyer do this. He sent me a house that was nowhere on the radar of what we were looking <laughs> the location. at. And the price was higher than what he had been looking at. And he said, I have to see this house. And I said, great. I just want to point out, it is not what you said you wanted. At all. It is not where you said you wanted. And it is not the price that you said you wanted. And he was like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And his lender, I checked with the lender. Lender said he can do it if he wants to do it. We went and looked at it and there was a bidding war. Oh my word. And we won. (gasps) And he is just so excited. I'm not going to lie. This house was fantastic. Really? I I even did a little Instagram thing on it at the home inspection. And I had people messaging me being like, where is this house? Where? Well, it's in Central. Okay. But it was just. What made the condition so like over the top? The sellers that live there Uh were just so immaculate. Right. And he asked me, he said, I am nervous because I feel like I'm paying more than this subdivision calls for. Right. But I love it. Yeah. And he said, can you sell it for me in five years? And I said, if If it it looks looks like like this, this, you can't change. I said, you need to maintain it the way that they have. It needs to be decorated like this. Yes. Like your four dogs can't come in here. And what did he say? I understand. He said, okay. You could tell he was nervous. He was like, oh, that's pressure. Oh, man. Okay. I said, I'm just letting you know now that it has to be exactly the same. And then you could be the one in a bit. Did they have a lot of upgrades? Um, so they had a beautiful brick arch between the kitchen and the living room. Okay. And then they had a outdoor living room. Okay. That had a fireplace in it. And it was, you know, I I feel like I see a lot of janky screened in porches. (laughs) Right. That I'm like, well, Well, it's not, you know, it's not ideal. It's not ideal, but this was, it really felt like a living room. An outdoor living room. That was outside. Wow. So it was just done. That's amazing. It was just done correctly. Okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good news. Mm -hmm. 89% of home sellers worked with a real estate agent to sell their home. Yeah. Again, I would use this in your listing interview. Yes. 89% of sellers use an agent. So, and there's all, we're going to get to the for sale by owner stats in a minute. For recently sold homes, the final sales price was a median of 99%. So of the listing price, just Mm -hmm. like with buyers, you got to, everyone paid and got 99% of listing price. Recently sold homes were on the market for a median of three weeks, which was the same as last year. Okay. So that's like the overall days on the market for the whole country. Our broker is really strict on us about like 
being careful to say the market is so hot. Yeah, you, you know, sound, because it, it can be very subdivision specific. And it's super misleading. Yes. Sell, sellers think and buyers think that it's a broad, like they think they can watch the national news and know about your local real estate market. Right. That's not the case. It's not, it's super, mm-hmm. I've had people ask me, um, what's a good price per square foot for the city? And I'm like, huh? Like, what neighborhood do you want to live in? It's all totally different. And then I would just list out different neighborhoods and what their average price per square foot is. And they're like, oh, wow. Anytime I get a call that starts with, so I hear the market's really hot right now. I'm like, oh. My first question is, well, where do you live? Right. Because it it really depends. And also, well, can you tell me about the upgrades and maintenance that you've done yeah. on your home? It's not just a blanket the market's hot. They're gonna... Now, the only time in my career, and I honestly, because I just got my license, so I didn't even sell in this crazy market. The only time in my career when it was like, you literally could list a house with garbage on the floor and like <laughs> it just it, asinine prices and just like craziness was right after Katrina. And it was a window of probably three to six months where it was like, these people were moving from New Orleans. People in Baton Rouge were just like, okay, well, I'll sell my house, you know? And they would just be like, they didn't have to paint it or do maintenance to get it ready. They would just be like, here, you can buy my house if you want it. And guess what? Somebody wanted it. Amazing. It was, I did not sell any houses during that time, to be honest. (laughs) It was too crazy. Yeah. It was too crazy. Okay. So three weeks on the market. Now, the home selling and real estate professionals, 67% of sellers found their agent. Guess where? through a referral from a friend, neighbor, or relative, or used an agent they worked with before. But y'all, that's only 67%. Yeah. Someone sold them that house and they did, I mean, what is the, that's thir- over 30% didn't even use the agent that they bought the house with. That's interesting. So, uh, very interesting. Well, I think it goes to show that the service that you're providing now, people are so worried about getting new business yeah. that they are not treating their current clients it's worthy of super repeat impo- and referrals. Yeah, super important to, to treat them well. Okay, 77% of recent sellers contacted only one agent mm. before finding the right agent that they worked with. So again, you, there's probably not all that many people going on a lot of listing appointments. Yeah. Like like interviews where it's more than one agent. I mean, you're still going to go on your listing appointment. Okay. The seller, the typical seller has recommended their agent once since selling their home. 27% of sellers recommended their agent four or more times since selling their home. I mean, so again, providing good service makes a difference. Well, and they have to remember your name. Yep. Thank you. They sure do. Yeah, that's hard to do. You've got to be in their life for Mm -hmm. like, I love agents who say they want to be your, their, your realtor for life, but they actually like back that up with how are you showing up in their life? Are you providing some sort of value? Do you check in on them? Are you at least, you know, growing that relationship over time? Okay. Are you ready for the for sale by owners? Sure. Okay. These are my favorite and these are great for listing presentations. Only 8% of recent home sales were for sale by owner this year. 8%. That's low. It's really low. This remains close to the lowest share recorded since this report started in 1981. That's great. So sellers are more often using agents, not less often. And I know a lot of times people make it sound like, oh, agents are going away and everything's doom and gloom. Yep. Um, sellers need your help. 
They do. They need your help. Um, okay. And then for sale by owner, homes sold more quickly on the market than agent assisted homes. 77% of for sale by owner homes sold in less than two weeks. Often, here's the key, because homes were sold to someone the seller already knew. Mm. So a lot of for sale by this owners. This is happening, it kind of seems, more and more. Yeah. So they probably a lot of times the house is not even listed. Right. Also, a lot of for sale by owners sell to family. And mm-hmm. that is what impacts. There are stats that say, I'll tell it to you. For sale by owners typically sell for less than the selling price of other homes. FSBO homes sold at a median of $217.9 last year and significantly lower than the median of agent assisted homes, which is $242. Hmm. Like it's a big difference between the the median sales price, right? But again, it's because a lot of times for sale by owners are transactions between family members. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get the family deal exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But you can also use that stat in any way you see fit. So you could say for sale by owners typically sell for less than homes listed by agents. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. The end. Okay. All right, moving on. Are you ready? Because we're <laughs> going to try and wrap this up. Okay. These are the COVID, the uh, the COVID information. Buyers who purchased after March have a shorter expected tenure in the home they purchased. So they're going to stay less time. Just 10 years compared to those who, but here's the kicker, the ones who purchased before March were going to stay in their home for 15. Now these people were like, we just got to get to a bigger house right now. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. I don't either. Like they're buying a house to satisfy the current time. And I then guess. once all this is over, they feel like they don't need what they bought. Maybe they won't stay there. Maybe they're like, well, we have to homeschool. What are we going to do? Like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. I wonder well, how they project that. They, they ask the people. Mm-hmm. 57% of buyers who purchased during the pandemic purchased in a suburban location compared to 50% pre-pandemic. So more people moved away from the city. Um, however, 23% of buyers who purchased pre-pandemic were purchasing in a small town compared to 16% post-pandemic. So I don't understand. I don't either. Like that's a weird one. Sometimes I think there's just anomalies in the data. But anyway, um, buyers who purchased during the pandemic purchased a home that was, this is crazy. Okay, buyers who purchased during the pandemic purchased a home that was typically 339000 compared to pre-pandemic buyers who purchased a home that was two seventy. dollars Do you spending think the interest money. rates is allowing them to, to buy more? their budget? Yes. That's the only thing I can think That's of. That's exactly what I think is going on there. Now, I'm sure in the deep dive of the report, it tells you yeah, all it tells the information. You the answers we can, get, we can guess all as much yeah. as we want. That's our guess. That's our guess. Um, okay. So wait, 23% of buyers who purchased after March purchased a home that was $500,000 or more. What? Wow. Okay. Buyers who purchased after March of 2020 searched for just two weeks before working with an agent compared to those who purchased pre-pandemic who searched for three weeks before getting in their agent. So they mean like online. Sure. How long are you spending thinking about this? I do try to ask that question when I'm talking to a new buyer. How long have you been searching? Because I want them to know, like, I know that you look. It's okay. Uh You don't have to feel. Right. And also just cut out some of them. Like, tell me what you like. Right. You've already looked. Yes. Tell me about it. We don't need to pretend that I'm giving you this information. I can't tell you how many times I've asked that question, meaning the internet. And they were like, they had an agent. (laughs) (laughs) And they say, well, we we saw this one house. and, And I go, 
awesome. Do you mind, like, did you have someone that was showing it to you? And then they'll say, well, I called the sign or I went to an open yes. house. But all these things it's are letting me know, know, okay, this is a sign caller. Right. I need to be sure that I'm really driving home. What the rules are. What the rules are yeah. once we have a relationship. Yes. But asking those questions about how long have you been searching? Because... Yeah. Don't be scared to ask the questions. No. They'll tell you the answers. No. I and think, don't fuss at them. No, no. God, no. When they tell you the answers. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Wonderful. Great. Did you like the house? Yeah. How did that go? <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, did you like the agent? Are you right. planning to work right. with them? Like, yes. I need to know. Let me know. Okay. Now, one in six buyers after March ran into the inability to move forward in their buying process due to COVID. Did you have deals fall through? Um, one was pretty close, mm -hmm. but it managed. But I, I, there were a lot that did mm -hmm. a lot. A lot of people I only lost had their one job that fell through. That was like no, and then one that we were really scared. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was sketchy for a minute. Well, one in six is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Okay, the home sellers before and during COVID. Uh, the top reason for sellers before April to sell their home was because they wanted to be closer to friends and family. Home sellers who sold their home after March were more likely, this is a shocker, were more likely to report the main reason for selling was because their home was too, too small. small. <laughs> too we need small. more room. We need a pool. This house is too small. You guys are all over me. And then um, home sellers who sold after March sold their home for $300,000, while those who sold before April sold it for two seventy. dollars Hmm. So just, it, it was the interest rate then. Yes. Yeah. Has to be. Okay. So that's all of my highlights. And really interesting it's year. It's so interesting. And I want to say one of the most important parts about this is um, reading something like this, having data, understanding the market or, or trends. This is all important information that you need to have so that you're a knowledgeable professional mm -hmm. and can share with your clients when it's appropriate. You know what I found interesting too, just with the podcast, because we have listeners all over the country, right. you know, I'm a price per square foot nerd, right? But I just wanted to read these because I had this chart saved. Good. Let's hear it. So the average price per square foot in the Northeast okay. was $140 a square foot. Okay. In the South, where we are, it was $130 okay. a square foot. Which I feel like is true. Uh, yes. That's kind of where we hang out yeah. for a resale. I would think. In the West, mm -hmm. California, all that, $200 a square foot wow. is their average. average. Wow. So it's really a jump. It's a huge jump. I, I, I love nothing more, more than working with a buyer from California. Yeah. They think everything they is appreciate. so affordable. They're like, wow, these houses are so cheap. <laughs> they appreciate everything. I'm like, great. Thank you. I can't Thank wait. Yes. I can't wait to find you the perfect home. Yep. Okay. Well, this is a lot of, y'all, it's a lot of information, mm -hmm. but it's worth it. If you work with a certain type of buyer or if you're more sellers, you can just dive right into the part of the report that impacts your business. Mm -hmm. Or if you're trying to move into a different market or diff use it go figure out what it's people are doing for you. like what is their what i love about the report is it explains people's motivation yes and the why is behind what's happening and it never hurts to have more knowledge do we have a toast oh yes we sure do great hold one moment while i get that for you the toasts have been coming in lately and oh, we just love it so proud of these toasters Hearing all these encouraging people I know, encouraging right? other people i, I want to make sure that i get okay 
Great. All right. So today's toast comes to us from Katie Ramos. Okay. And she wants to toast to Jessica Williams and Margarita Knight. So she says, Jessica will be joining my team in the new year and is embracing all things modern agent and social media related. Yay. She is a new Hustle Humbly listener too. Yay. Margarita is an agent in my office who is taking, oh, my systems course. What a delight right now. And is also an HH listener. She has been <laughs> killing it. I'm thankful to have these two go-getters in my office. Oh, do you know where they're from? They're in Pennsylvania. Wow. But I don't know which That's awesome. city, but they are in Pennsylvania. I always just like to know where people are. Yeah, they're in Pennsylvania. So cheers to Jessica and Margarita. And thank you, Katie, for the toast. So beautiful. There we go. Cheers. cheers. Okay. Bye, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.